You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show podcast, Sin's place for all things sex, health, relationships, and identity. So, so, so scandalous. That's right. You're listening to Sin 90.7, the Naughty Rude Show. Molly and Josh here this evening. Molly, how are you going? I'm pretty good. How are you, Josh? I am wonderful. Thank you for asking. Oh, that's so, that was such a good answer. You said wonderful in such a nice way. <laughs> How's your week been? Um, really good. Uh, very busy. Yeah. I will tell you three top things. Um, well, one's not top, two are other tops. So basically, <laughs> last Friday, yes, I went and saw Justin Bieber. Yep. Which was pretty well awesome. Um, but also, like Bieber fever is very very contagious. Obviously. So I, there's lots of videos of me sort of just screaming, and. Like, shaky videos. Um, and so the next one, I went to a wedding, my friend's wedding. Yeah. Old high school friend. That was really lovely. Um, and we will talk about this later. Yeah. But I actually, I got um, diagnosed with um, polycystic ovaries this week wow. on Friday. That's big news. Well, yes and no. <laughs> uh, however you want to see it. So that's been my week. What about you? Oh, yeah. No, my week's been good. I think. I can't really remember. It's been work in uni, mostly. Uh, nothing super intense. Although, I did have the best day of my life the other day. I believe it was Friday. That is a huge goal. Yeah. Uh, and it actually has something to do with the first track that we're going to be playing on the show um, on Friday. Don't, don't give anything away <laughs> until we're ready. Don't, don't give it away. No, I will not. But it was uh, very exciting. Um, and I was... Uh, you know, I, I was very, speechless, very, apparently. yeah, uh, I've, I've, in 20 years, I've never been speechless uh, <laughs> and I was blown away. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm very excited. This is new to me as well. Well, there you go. Um, speaking of excited, we have a pretty exciting show tonight. We um, do. I've Big done, show. Yeah, very true. I've done a pre-record um, with a bunch of people's opinions about weddings and, um, we also have a chat about about babies, about contraception. Yep. Um, my friend Emily and Alex, who have just recently, well, recently being September, had a baby girl called Matilda, who is just the cutest little uh, redhead thing. Do you know what d- day in September? Um. No. Why? Uh, oh, because oh, my birthday is the twelfth. Oh, you probably, of September. Well, we'll have to ask, won't we? Because we we'll have them on the phone, which is great. There we go. <laughs> um, and I've also customised today's playlist to involve a bunch of elaborate uh, lessons and puns. So mm. that, um, and of course, always, uh, we're going to answer your questions, which have been posted to the Tumblr. If you want to add a question to our list, yep. uh, please. Type one in and send, click send at the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. That is the place to go. Yeah. Beauty. Cool. Well, should we jump into the first song? Well, hang on. Oh my God, you're jumping the gun. <laughs> Am ba- I? N- yes, you are. I? Okay, I'm so sorry. I have, it's all right. I have my pre-record, which is about weddings. Right. Yes. Yes. And then, and then Josh can have a little bit of a rant. <laughs> so um, here we go. Let's uh, take it away. Stuff about marriage. Just a language warning for this segment. If swearing offends... Maybe give this one a miss. Go into the chapel and we're gonna get married. Go into the chapel and we're gonna get married. Gee, I really love you and we're gonna get married. Go into the chapel of love. 
In today's current social and political climate, marriage is such a heavily debated topic. Some people believe it is a sacred institution between a man and a woman. Others are fighting for love to be a core value of marriage and want anyone to be able to marry regardless of sexual orientation or gender. A decade ago, half of all marriages ended in divorce, though today the stats run around 30% and many more people decide to tie the knot than 10 years ago. The average cost of an Australian wedding is $36,200, which is more than the average deposit on a property in Australia. When I asked around to my community about their feelings on the matter, I got an array of different opinions. Maxine believes that weddings are a very selfish act, as not everyone can do it and people don't deserve to be congratulated, as they haven't accomplished anything. She also doesn't enjoy how much free labour goes into planning and preparing a wedding, and how it mostly falls on the female's friends or bridesmaids. She feels that people should have graduation parties, or... I just discovered a new hobby party, as they deserve to be congratulated and have a party for it. Ellen has been married for seven years and said her wedding was a lovely experience. They now live apart and have a platonic relationship, as they find that their feelings about the importance of marriage have changed significantly since they tie the knot. She says she finds it to be a heteronormative institution and hates that we haven't achieved marriage equality in this country. She said... The commitment my husband and I made to one another was and is very personal and important. However, we both recognise that we could have made the commitment without legally marrying. The bit of paper is meaningless. Also, Ellen doesn't often tell people that they are married because she finds it leads people to make assumptions about her that erase her queer identity. Jackson feels that marriage is religious bullshit that perpetrates patriarchal control and submission of women. perpetrates the assumption that a man can own a woman by renaming them on the mere condition that they keep them safe. From others, evidently not themselves. I have no fucking idea why, apart from equality, same-sex attractive people want to buy into this. He feels that marriage needs to be torn down, and if two people want to be together, let them do it without the pressure. Stepan Rao said that marriage is completely ridiculous. The pageantry of weddings give me the shits, and I don't know why straight people feel the need to convince everyone with their capitalist consumerism that they're so in love with their chosen person. Its traditions are based on the sublimation of women, in which women gave up their legal rights and identities to their husbands upon marriage. Obviously, it's exclusive to queers and poly people, and the whole debate around whether or not we should get the same ridiculous right to be married is hugely offensive. Of course, there shouldn't be laws that discriminate against people on the basis of their gender and sexuality. The whole concept of the nuclear family is damaging to the community. Prioritising our own kids and partners to the exclusion of other people, not taking care of the elderly or needy unless they're related to us. It's fucking weird, says Stepan. And it's not difficult to draw parallels between the way we view the nuclear family and the kind of nationalism and fascism that leads people to lock up refugees and go to war with nations that seem different to us. However, in 2015, Stepan got married for six weeks to a man to whom she loved with her whole heart. She said, It was a spur-of-the-moment thing. We were drinking in a bar with this dude who happened to be an ordained minister. I had a hair tie for a ring, and it was so joyous. We got married in City Hall without a ceremony. We didn't fill out our paperwork properly, so it was never legal anyway. I think it was probably more how deeply in love I was. And the illusion of security 
being with someone for the rest of my life seemed so great to me. But it was honestly the happiest I've ever been. And my mum got married a couple of weeks ago, just in front of my siblings and her siblings. She was delighted to celebrate her love with us. So marriage sucks when your husband of six weeks says he's not feeling it anymore and dumps your ass, but it also rocks. Marriage is terrible. Exclusive, institutional, rooted in discrimination, homophobia and misogyny. But also let people enjoy the things that they love. Ashley feels that marriage is love and commitment between two people, non-gender specific. The traditional church wedding surrounded by the religious belief that a man should love only a woman is no longer a necessity to what marriage should mean in today's society. Caitlin is planning to marry with her partner, but is also very uncomfortable with the current state of marriage. She says, I would not consider myself engaged, even though everyone wants me to label it. She says... I do want to get married, and I'm sure it comes from a place of being socialised to want to, but I still do. Planning it makes me feel incredibly anxious because I'm so uncomfortable with everything about it. I basically want to be married on paper, but without going through the ceremonial elements, I'm forced to go through. She says she wants to be married, but she hates most of what marriage is, and she feels very confused about it. Tina says she got married because she loves her partner so much and she felt so right together and she wanted to make a life with him. She, a woman, asked him, a man, to marry her while they were on the weekend away for his birthday. When they first decided, they thought they'd get married at the registry and then just have a party after. Low key. But then realised that it was also about saying that they love each other and are committed to each other in front of their friends and family. They also had a pretty chill wedding with about 120 people. It does give her a sense of security, but she does feel that they've made a commitment to each other. They care for each other. They look out for each other. They know each other so well and help each other so much. It means they get a sweetly referred to each other as husband and wife in private and does make them feel nice. Soppy, but true. So when I talk to Casey, she says, I never thought I would get married. But our relationship had some pretty full-on life hurdles to make it happen the way we wanted it to be. So by the time we worked through that stuff, it felt there was a real need to celebrate what we'd built together. And in part of the fact that celebrate love equals marriage, that really fucks me off. Because it's so narrow in many ways. It was an interesting experience of self-reflection on how social norms influence her own understanding of emotional responses to her life and the ceremonies and the markers of time. She says, I guess I hope by being married in a way that is individual and personal to me and to us, it helps broaden the definition of marriage, one relationship at a time. And as for myself, my view on marriage is constantly changing. I remember that when my oldest sister was in a long-term relationship, she always said that she wouldn't get married until same-sex marriage was legalised nationally. I feel equally very influenced by the standardised, romanticised view of marriage and also very angry towards the oppressive elements of marriage. I'm aware that if I were to get married, I would not take my partner's last name because I feel so connected to my own family ties. And also that I would conduct my own marriage based out of what I would need it to be, not out of what is expected. I would probably want a wedding, though I do feel a bit ashamed of that element of it. And I have thought about a lot about what it would be like. I also know a lot of people who have had official non-legal binding weddings with same-sex partners, and the act was purely out of love and connection with their partners. 
We here at The Naughty Root Show are very interested to hear your opinions about marriage, weddings, and how you feel the institution of marriage could evolve to make it more inclusive and equal for everyone. Post up all your questions and comments at thenaughtyrootshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. There you go. That's what wow. I collected about uh, marriage. It was very interesting. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I hope that everyone listening enjoyed it as well. And as, as we said at the end, if you do have any comments, the naughtyrootshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask is the place to send it to. We're going to jump into a song now, aren't we? Go for it. Look, you, you just explain this one because you were <laughs> just bouncing out of your seat. Oh, I'm very excited about this track. Um, as I said, this came out on, on Friday um, and... It may be very nostalgic for a lot of people. Um, and so we all remember Nikki Webster, uh, a cultural icon, I, I believe, is, is the best way to put it. Um, she Sydney re-released. 2000, Sydney 2000. Sydney 2000, never forget. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she re released her uh, 2001, I want to say, track, uh, Strawberry Kisses. Um, and what a track it was. What a track it was. So she's re released it uh, and. It now has a feature from Sam Mack, who does a little bit of a rap verse on it. And it's pretty, pretty fully sick. I'm pretty chuffed. Um, so we're going to get jump into this. This is Strawberry Kisses 2017 by Nikki Webster featuring Sam Mack. You're on the Naughty Rude Show with Molly and Josh. Strawberry Kisses there, Nikki Webster and Sam Mack. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't... Look, I, that was a... That was an experience. Hey, we were having a good old boog in the studio. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I, that's what I mean. Like, I'm conflicted. I should hate it, but I love it. It's unbelievably tacky, but I think that's part of the charm of it, I think. I think we just got to admit that that is a song that is right up there with Up There Gazali and The Voice. Absolutely. And you, know what, I, you know what I loved about that song? Um, mm. <laughs> Nikki Webster, back on the scene. Sam Max, like, almost Snoop Dogg-esque, um, <laughs> you know, just interjection of the song, like, Strawberry Kisses. Strawberry Kisses. It's sort of like when um, when Snoop Dogg was on um, California Girls and he would just be like, West Coast, West Coast, <laughs> you know? He would just, like, just adding something, but not necessarily a, a good integral, something. Integral. <laughs> so yes. we're going to jump into uh, our Tumblr, the naughtyrootshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask is the place to go. We've got some questions in from you guys, um, and we're going to answer some of those right away. Um, we've got two that are very similar, so I think we might kick off with those two. Combine. Um, so... Uh, one reads, when do you know a dick is too big? And then another one reads, uh, what are your thoughts on the statement that size doesn't matter in a guy? Is there a point for you that the statement isn't true anymore depending on the size? Are you asking me? I, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> for me, um, the only time that I know when a dick is too big is when it, makes penetrative sex not mm. enjoyable in yeah. the slightest. Um, that's pretty simple. Yeah. And the... So, when it comes to size doesn't matter in a guy, look, I think that's a pretty fair statement. It's sort of... I don't... Okay, I'm going to figure out a way to say this that isn't what my brain is thinking to say. Basically, no matter what diversity is we have on our bodies or mm. as sexual preferences in terms of in terms of well everything, whether it be um, gender, whether it be hair colour, whether it be 
you know, what kind of body type you're uh, attracted to. Yeah. We all have preferences. Yeah. Right? So, you know, for you, if you're really, really small and you go to sleep with someone and they're like, you know, that's it's too small, not going to happen. Mm. I think that's really shit. Yeah. Because I think that you should... <laughs> You should get everyone a go if you've already consented to it, I suppose, in the yeah. best way possible. Um, however, you know, mm. you're right. There, There is an element of, um, you know, you have preference. How, I, will, I will add on to that, mm. that um, my year 12 history teacher... Um, we were <laughs> we were talking about Rasputin's penis, which was supposedly. At 30 I was wondering where this was going. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we were talking about that, and apparently it's thirty centimeters long, and apparently it's also preserved in a jar somewhere in in um, Russia. Mm. And we were on an online forum chatting about it, and he goes, "Just remember, Molly, it's not the size of the boat, but the motion in the ocean." Um, yeah, so that, that's that's my closing statement. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess like on the flip side of what you said, like I hear a lot of stories um, from friends who are girls and other, and other friends who are who are having sex with men. Of um, I guess some guys just resting on the fact that they've got a big dick and they're not doing anything like with it. You Boring. Know? It's just like they're just like, oh, I've got a big dick, and then like that's it. Like they don't actually know <laughs> how to use it. Like I heard I heard one story of this guy just sort of you know, penetrated, and then just lay there. On top, too. So, like, it was just like, like, what are you doing? You know? More like a sad seal. Yeah. Um, so, on the idea that size doesn't matter, it really doesn't. Like, it, it's all about, you know, how you use it. I don't know that's a, a worn-out cliche, but the thing about cliches is they're usually true. Um, and I think Correct. that one's a very uh, poignant uh, demonstration of that, in that, you know, I know there are, I know of guys who have large penises who just don't do anything with them. So there you go. Well, how, how do you know that though? I, I really want to know how you know that. Do they do they tell you? No, my friends my friends tell me. Like not What what that like I have a big dick but you know I'm pretty lazy. <laughs> no, no, it's I'm... usually the people that they've had that sex with that are just like oh, he okay. was <laughs> so bad. It's like I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look it's mm, I've I've had both from from either end of the spectrum and um, I think you're probably right. The, mm. the, the, you know, the less fortunate side, which would be the smaller side, I guess, as society would tell us. Yeah. Um, he was a pretty hard workout and yeah. it was pretty fun. See, the thing is, is like, it's not all about, you know, penetrative sex. Like you can be talented in other areas, you know? That's true. And also I think that our, uh, uh, language when it comes to sex is incredibly limited because, you know, when we say sex, everyone just thinks that you're referring to penetrative sex, which is not true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, move on to another question. Go for it. Cool. Um, so, I've got one here that says, my sex life is boring. Have you got any ideas for non-obvious sexy games to spice it up? Mm. <laughs> well, that depends on a lot of things and mostly what you are comfortable with or the partner is comfortable with. Yeah. That's the most important thing first off. So like straight off the bat, don't do anything that um, the other person is not going to like. Yeah. That never goes down well. Yeah. Um, 
so the easy ones, of course, are, um, well, like a chocolate sauce or like a honey. Mm. Though, towels, so everyone. Not, towels. Yeah. I was going to add ice cubes to that. And again, towels. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, you. One thing I like that's very simple mm. is... Uh, <laughs> I just realised that my boyfriend and potentially my two housemates are also listening, so there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, this is good. This is that's good. all right. I will continue. Uh, just a simple blindfold. Oh. That can be very simple but change a lot of things. Yeah. And probably the last suggestion I would have is you could look up different sexual positions mm. and see how you could execute them and if they are possible. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I'll get to my, the point that I had there, but on, on that point, I actually watched a film the other night that I was, I was like, I was, was it on SBS? It was not on SBS. Okay. It was, it was on Netflix. Um, and I was just like, I was, it was one of those films. And I'm just like, this is going to be either incredibly bad or it's going to be surprisingly good. And it was. It was, uh, it's called Sex Tape, I believe, uh, with Jason Siegel and Cameron Diaz. And oh. on that point, what they do is they have this book and they yeah. try every sex position in it. And oh, yeah. that's something that they did, which I thought was quite funny. But the point that I was going to make, um, and this is something that I've done in the past and it, it's worked wonders for me, is and I, I don't know what your budget's like. I don't know, you know, <laughs> all of that. But going and buying some sex toys can be a lot of fun and a good way to sort of spice things up and, and try something new um, and try something that you may not have explored before and it's a good a good way to do it um, yeah mm. unfortunately there is a no return policy on that so like you know just <laughs> <laughs> choose wisely <laughs> choose wisely I think is, yeah. is, is uh, I guess the, the top point mm. on, on that one um, it's always good to have toys that are could be used for personal use as well as party use yeah as well exactly right mm-hmm. um i'd like to get more information uh from our person who has messaged in this question um are you having regular sex with the same person is it a partner sort of that stuff so if you could send us back another message on the naughty well that's true because s- straight up if you were just someone who is a casual dater and goes on um goes on Tinder. Yeah. Then like the the adventure of sleeping with new people on the reg. Yeah. I feel like it should be enough. I thought that was more than enough. Yeah. I had a jolly good time. If that's not enough, maybe you need I to take I never say that. <laughs> well, I don't know why I just said that. We're actually uh, presenting this from the 1930s really <laughs> great Gatsby. Um, but maybe if if you know the the casual Tinder thing isn't isn't working for you, maybe take some time away from the game, as it's called, um, and maybe you know when you come back to it, it'll be fresh and and hopefully spice things up. And also give well. yourself some TLC. Yeah, it's important to do that. Mm-hmm. It is. So if you can message us back in the forward slash ask, that'd be great. Uh, we do have another question in here, and it says, "I've been out of the dating scene for a while, as in like two years. I'm in my early twenties, and always get asked why I'm not in a long-term relationship. Given that my career isn't exactly hugely demanding slash time-consuming, how do I go about saying that I'm fine being single uh, without overqualifying it?" Are you fine being single? That is the first thing that comes to mind because yeah. if you're asking this question, then maybe maybe there's elements that you're not really fine being single. Yeah. I don't know. And also, if you're not okay with being single and you, you feel a bit ashamed about it, then that's also okay. That yeah. makes sense. Oh, um, all right. 
well, I guess sometimes people don't really feel the need to be in relationships. Mm. Yeah. They might like flings. They might not even like doing that. They might not be very sexual. Yeah. Um, I have plenty of friends who are who are single and are really, really happy with it and mm. they're not it doesn't it doesn't really bother them. Although these friends are, are females and often um I feel like there is a lot more pressure, particularly given that I'm twenty four mm. um and people are around my age, that usually means that people are like, oh, you know, like <laughs> tapping their, you know TikTok, TikTok. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um which I think is really unfair. Yeah. Of course, because I think that it's anyone's choice to, um, with what they want to do with their life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, how do you, he basically said, you know, if you are fine with single, own it. Yeah. If you're not fine with single, maybe ask some questions as to why you're not fine being single. Yeah. And straight up tell people who are like, oh, you know, what are you doing with, with like, your, where's your partner or whatever? Literally just say... I'm pretty sick myself, and I'm gonna love me first. Sick is in awesome, yeah. Yes, like, like, a, like <laughs> fully a, sick, fully like sick. sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's what I'd say. Only shit. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say like just just say it once. Just go like, oh, you know, like I'm just happy being single, and then just move past it. Like there's this great running gag in How I Met Your Mother where it's like. No, it's great. It was great. It was great. It was great. And it's like, say it one more time and I'll totally believe you. And it's that thing, right? Like, if you overplay it, like, people are going to go, like, well, you know, clearly you're not fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this great clip that came out of uh, a British show, Eight Out of Ten Cats Does Countdown, very recently. And um, Jimmy Carr, the host, ask, uh, asks one of the guys on the panel, it's like, oh, um, I heard you recently... Uh, got out of a relationship. Like, how are you? He's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. Like, it's fine. I'm fine. It was mutual. Like, you know, he decided first and then I decided that <gasps> he should break up with me. Like, I'm fine. It's fine. Um, and like that, you know, like, if, you, if you're doing that, people are going to like, all right, like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Are you fine? Are you fine? fine? So I think easy answer is just go like, oh, you know, like, it's just not what I'm going to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. And then just move on from there. Like, you know, maybe you might have to take that extra step and, and, send the conversation off in a different tangent. Um, but, like, most people should, would be... Like, most people I know, at least, would be going, like, okay, fair mm. enough, and then moving on. So I think it is it is about how you respond to it. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily be direct, but by the same token, don't beat around the bush with it. Just sort of give a, a short answer. And if that's a vague answer, that's fine. And it can be as simple as, like, it's just not what I want to be doing at the moment, you know? And, like, that's, I feel like, is direct enough without you know, having to go into a huge personal um, story as to why you are happy being single, you know? Totally. I just I just thought of something. Yeah. So, so the tone of this question sort of implies that people see, almost see relationships as an accessory, like, like you know, it ticks all the boxes and yeah. it's, it's sort of like having someone on, on your arm. Whereas actually relationships can be really, really difficult. They can be very great, but they're also... They're, they're a lot of work. Yeah. They can be a lot of stress. They take up a lot of your time. Um, and if that's what you want, then that's really great. I, like, you know, personally, I'm very happy to give all that time and energy to my partner because it's, you know, bloody glorious. But, but you know, it, there, are, there are definitely times where relationships can be really, really strained. And they're not really to be taken lightly. Yeah. 
That's that's it. And say I'm single and I, I'm pretty happy with me just being me and me doing my own thing and doing the whole Tinder hookup type thing. Like I'm having a lot of fun doing that. Um, but like just because I'm fine with being single, like I'd say 85 percent of the time, that doesn't mean like there's parts of me at times that are just like. You know, it'd be really nice just to come home and have somebody at home just to sit down and chill out with and have a chat, you know? Grass is always greener, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's, like, partly, like, a, it's, a, like, a rose-tinted thing. It was, like, I have been in, in relationships where that's certainly been the case and it's been, been a lot of fun. Um, and I've really enjoyed that. And I think, you know, it, it's nice just to have somebody at home that you can just 100% be yourself with. Because I think, for me personally, I, I find myself... I guess playing a bit of a character, um, particularly, uh, you know, I, I spend a lot of time doing radio stuff, uh, you know, a bit of comedy type stuff, so people sort of expect me to be this very ha-ha funny guy all of the time, and it gets very exhausting, and sometimes it's nice just to come home and have somebody who's like, who you don't have to put that mask on mm. for. Um, so, yeah, it, yeah, you, I reckon, you know, just be direct with them and you're fine. It's all good. Cool. Do you want to do a tune? Yep, let's do a tune. Tune. All right, so this tune... Um, <laughs> um, You're giggling. Well, no, I'm just trying to, like, construct what I'm going to say about my little pun. It's not even a pun. Um, basically, um, we're going to play Robin, Call Your Girlfriend, and I, I think that instead of calling our show, you should ask some more questions. So yeah. We can answer more questions. So that is thenaughtyreadshow.tumblr.com forward slash... Ask. This is Robin. Call your girlfriend. I'm Molly. This is the Naughty Read Show, and you're listening to Sin 90.7. That was Robin. Call your girlfriend, and you are listening to the Naughty Read Show on Sin 90.7. Yes, you are. Yes, that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, so right now we're going to have a chat about contraception because uh, our show is about contraception and procreation today, more yeah. or less, amongst other things. <laughs> um. So, I'm just going to start off by flagging that we are in no way experts. No. If you need more information, please ask Dr. Google. Um, yeah. You know. Or your GP. That's true. Or your GP. You know. Or... Uh, an actual doctor. <laughs> an actual doctor. Well, I think Google's a pretty decent source <laughs> for info, but anyway. This reminds me of this thing very quickly. Uh, <laughs> I, saw, I saw this comedy thing with Michael McIntyre, and he, he saved Matt Smith's phone number in his phone. And if you know who Matt Smith is, you know he played Doctor Who. And Michael McIntyre saved it in as, as Doctor Who and uh, had gotten... And his son had a rash on, on his arm, and he sent a photo of it. Uh, saying, does this is, does is does this look okay? And accidentally send it to Matt Smith, and he takes back, going like, "I'm not an actual doctor." So the moral of the story is, text an actual doctor yep. if you've got any serious questions. Wow, yeah. that's well. Now I will never forget to text my actual doctor. <laughs> um, yes. So I want to ask you, given that I think recently there's been a few articles floating about, yeah, um, when it comes to um, male hormonal contraception yeah because currently the only one available is the condom yes which is also the only one that is effective both for uh well 98 percent effective against pregnancy and also um stis yeah so i want to know if you would ever consider if it was on the market Mm. um taking the male pill See, personally, for me, I know that wouldn't work um, in that I am a very forgetful, absent-minded person um, and 
taking a daily dose of medication is not something I am good at and good at remembering. Um, I find using condoms a much easier way for me because I carry them, you know, like I, I keep them, you know, on hand, you know, near my bed and in my car, you know, in sensible places where I can get them easily um, so that it can be more of a immediate in the moment type thing where you go like, oh, I'm going to need that. And you, you bring it as opposed to having like a daily type bill, which I know that I'd be incredibly forgetful with. And like, that's just me. Like, I know for some guys who are better at that, they, they do it. I'm sure I know guys who would be definitely very keen for that. And if I was, you know, better organized with my entire life. Yes. <laughs> it's a short answer there. Well, I have a, so this is, we have some uh, information here. Yeah. Um, about the research which has gone into forms of male contraception. Yeah. And this one is interesting. It's a polymer gel known as um, vassal gel. So, basically, um, you the gel gets injected directly into, um, into... Okay, well, I don't actually know what part of the dick this is, but the vas deferens under local anaesthetic. Um, basically, the gel blocks the flow of sperm to the vas deferens and has been coined the... Uh, reversible vasectomy yeah. because it creates a two centimeter barrier in the vas deferens and therefore the sperm cannot get through. Now, if that was something that was available, mm. would you consider it? I'd certainly consider it. Like, it, I think it's it's on all things, and it, it's like I, at the moment, like I'm not ready for children, you know. And so, like at the moment, like it seems like a a good idea uh, could be a good idea. Um, I think it's important to add, like. That, that sort of thing is only, you know, just being tested on rabbits at the moment. So, you know, it's still got a, a fair while before it's it's even on the market. Well, if know. it ever got on the market, it would have been tested many, many, many yeah. times over with humans. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, probably. It's something that I have to consider. And I, it's a very hard, hard thing to say here and now because I've never really had to consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, the way it's always been, whilst I've been sexually active, it's always been, you know condom or nothing you know what i mean well that's good so it's something that i have to sit down and have a have a conversation and and, well a conversation with myself Mm. about that's good i'm really glad that you said that because the reason why i'm asking of course is well this is something i think strongly about yes um and i feel often no not often Mm. constantly that contraception apart from the condom which is equal parts uh, also, flagging this, this is we're talking about heterosex here, but obviously because we're also talking about procreation. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to contraception, um, of course, uh, same-sex sexual contact does need um, protection as well. Yes. I just want to flag that. Yes. Um, so yeah, when we're talking about that, I often feel that um, that contraception and pregnancy mm. is. Um, a issue that lies solely on women, yeah. um, women who can get pregnant, um, to make that choice mm. and to bear the consequences, whether it's side effects um, from hormonal contraception, yeah. um, whether it's um, an unplanned pregnancy. And actually, hmm, it was Oklahoma who recently passed a bill that um, said that um, that 
women, that men mm. who were involved in a pregnancy could override the voice of the woman if she wanted to have an abortion and he was like, I don't want you to have an abortion. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So these are pretty... This is this is why it it really concerns me because mm. I, I sort of I, I feel like I have to go and undergo all this stuff as well as potentially falling pregnant and going through a pregnancy which like definitely is no uh, picnic that's for sure yeah and then also I you know and in some places in the world which is you know meant to have a lot of a lot of rights um, for women and, and be supportive of that it, it's simply not. Yeah. So, yeah. See, the thing is, is like, for me, I've been working on this show for three years now, I want to say. And even before then, I was very, very aware um, of, you know, the dangers that that come with sex. And so, like, for me, I I feel like even if some of this stuff was on the market, I'd stick with sort of what my current, you know, MO is in that, you know, just keep using condoms because... These contraception only really work against pregnancy, and there is a whole other world of dangers um, around, you know, obviously STIs and all of that sort of stuff. Um, And so, for for me personally, it's like, I I never expect anyone else to necessarily be prepared. I think you should definitely be aware of, I guess, the dangers and the risks of having uh, particularly unprotected sex, but just, you know, sex mm. with, with people. Because um, there are definitely risks that come along with it. And so on one hand, I feel like, you know, you should definitely take charge of, of your own, you know, your own contraception. And, like, for me, that means I, I bring condoms everywhere. Well, you know, into those sorts of situations. You know what I mean? Um, and so... For, for girls, some girls like the, the hormonal stuff, sometimes that works for them. Others don't. And I know I know plenty of girls who keep, you know, a supply of condoms around. And I think there's so many risks, as I said. Like, the only person you can really sort of trust on that sort of stuff is yourself. And you've got to find a thing that works for you. And I am so constantly worried about STIs as well as pregnancy mm. that I find condoms to be the most effective thing for me. Yeah, that's pretty fair enough. Yeah. That's pretty fair enough. I just, yeah. Yeah. The way, I, yeah, the thing is, is as, as I said, like, I feel like it's one of those things that, like, you should take it on, you know, take it on yourself. Like, I'm not saying, like, there should not be an expectation on particularly women to take the pill and all of that sort of stuff. Like, you know, you should be doing whatever is, you know, good for you and taking, you know, control. Like, the way I see it is it's like, it's no different to any other part of your life. You know what I mean? It's like, if you, it's like, you know, you think about like what you're eating, if you're exercising, all that sort of stuff, the only person who can really take control of that for yourself is you and you find what works for you. You know, like some people don't like running, go swimming, you know, find, find out what works for you. And, and I think you're the only person that can really control that. And I don't think there should be any expectation on people to do one thing over another. Hmm. I wish that that was the reality. <laughs> I'm, I'm very aware that the expectation is there mm. um, from a large portion of the population. Yeah. Um, and I, I do what I can to <laughs> to uh, start to break down that expectation. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's. I think that's pretty sound advice, actually. I was impressed. Yeah. I was. I was wary of asking you those questions, but I. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. But, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you wouldn't go out at night 
and not take sort of, you know, measures to look after yourself. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, worry about yourself in those instances. You know, it's like, because like you hear, you hear these stories of it's like, you know, like exes and stuff and they'll go like, oh yeah, like I'm totally on the pill and then they're not. And then, like, you know, like, it's a whole get-back method or there's, like, that film knocked up and it's just like, oh, yeah, like, I've totally put a condom on and then you haven't. You know, like, you can only be, like, you, you've got to look after yourself. That's also very rude. It's a, Well, it's, 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 no, it, it, straight up, it's more than rude. Yeah. That's it, actually uh, a form of non-consent to yeah. do something oh, like that. It's absolutely, you know, abhorrent behaviour. Unfortunately... Don't you ever do that. Oh, God, no. <laughs> um, you know, unfortunately... That is the world we live in. Like, people do some pretty disgusting things to each other. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to, you know, look after yourself. Mm, very true. Yeah. Well, um, tune? Yeah, let's bring the mood up a little bit. Yeah, no. Well, it's good to have these um, these conversations. And yeah. I think that if you if you have you want to join the conversation, if you have more information, yeah. if you want to ask a question, as always, the Naughty Read Show dot tumblr.com forward slash ask. ask yeah ask okay so this next song um <laughs> uh, basically given this you show are nikki webster is- levels of excitement here <laughs> <laughs> well okay you'll you'll see why um <laughs> given that this show is all about babies um the the one song that was very big um called baby is not going to be played but oh, we are going to play another song by the artist and um i know that you're probably saying what do you mean you're not going to play baby but you know i don't know you can deal with it <laughs> There's only how so did that much- go oh, that's all right mate i'm glad it's not baby <laughs> <laughs> this is justin bieber what do you mean uh i'm Sorry, what do you mean what do you mean what do you mean oh you're listening to the Naughty Rude Show. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show with Molly and Josh, Justin Bieber. There. What do you mean? Oh he god, I loved that. Was in Melbourne very recently, and actually, so was Diplo. Um, and Diplo worked with Skrillex to help make Justin Bieber sound, which is what we just heard there. Uh, as I said, you are listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin ninety point seven. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that is the thing that is happening yeah. right now. Uh, remember, if you do want to ask us get, ask us anything, thenaughtyroodshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. That is thenaughtyroodshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask is the place to go. We are uh, constantly uh, like an eagle monitoring the, the questions that do come in, uh, and we do hope to get to as many of you as possible. So please send them in. Uh, but Molly, you had a big week last week and you received a, a bit of news what, what what was that news <laughs> oh my gosh it sounds like it's this detrimental thing it's it's actually quite common um so i <laughs> yeah i'll tell the story basically yeah. i've been on and off going to the doctors because i have um issues with my bladder meaning that um I piss a lot more often than I used to, and mm. it's kind of unusual and very annoying. So I've been going to doctors, and they've been, you know, doing ultrasounds, and they've been doing urine tests, whatever. And I had my first um, pelvic examination, which is both external and internal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the technician that did it was. He was really attractive, so I was nervous for both reasons. Um, anyway, they found out that um, that what I got. 
they, they suspected that I basically had cysts on my uterus, which might mm. be pushing on my bladder, causing it to have more pressure. Yeah. And it turns out that's not the case. I, I have polycystic ovaries, which means I have cysts on my ovaries, but it doesn't affect my bladder. So I have a new problem, which I had no idea about, mm. but I uh, haven't solved the first one. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was my week. Wow. <laughs> it sounds like it's a, a big bit of news, but you said it's, it's pretty common. Do you know yeah. how, how many people that sort of affects? Oh, no. no. Straight answer, no, I don't. Okay. Um, but um, <laughs> the doctor was pretty blase about it. And she's like, well, what, what, what does this mean? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, and um, she basically said that um, it sort of could mean that I find it more difficult to fall pregnant. Yep. If and when I want to. Um she said that I'm more susceptible to diabetes because of it. Mm. She said that um, I am more susceptible to, to sort of wild hormonal changes, which means that, you know, things like acne and um, weight gains and uh, period pain. Um, yeah, that bas- that's basically um, what it means. But obviously, the thing that kind of scares me the most about it mm. Um, is the more difficult to fall pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Because that's something that's pretty big on my future agenda. Yeah. You know? Is there any sort of treatment for it or? Uh, The pill. Just the pill. Well, that's only treatment for the pain. And, of course, polycystic ovaries um, can, if, if left, well, not if left, but it, if it, I don't exactly know, but basically it can go to endometriosis. Um, yeah. It's a sort of, it can be a part of endometriosis. So that's not a good thing. Mm. That That is quite, it's more detrimental to your ability to conceive. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess the reason why it is sort of scary is because, I mean, I don't know if you feel this, because mm. I feel like a lot of... Um, Males that I talk to, I tell them this and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. But I talk to um, my other female friends and a lot of them really understand this, is that strong biological pull hmm. to procreate. And yeah. well, for me, my family started, my parents had children really young, so did previous generations and previous generations. So... Right, if if I was my mother right now, I would have two small kids, myself being one of them, and one potentially on the way. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I I feel a constant like desire to have children, even though it's not practically what I want right now. Mm. Do you have that? I would say I've got the opposite. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I find that I can barely look after myself, let alone a mini-me, that, you know, by and large, really just serves to, you know, sleep-deprive you and drain your bank account. And, look, to be perfectly honest with you, there is not a bank account... They're just a resource drainer, you know? (laughs) There is not a bank account to drain. (laughs) I have one. It doesn't have much money in it. I spent the last of my money buying Nikki Webster's last track. (laughs) Like, you know... Like so, kids at the moment is. I don't very... know how I feel about that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it, just keep fine. going. It's fine. I'm totally doing that for for comedy purposes. But um, 
Like, I... N- no. Kids, I'd say, is very, very low, if at all, on the agenda. Um, I'm not... Like, that being said, there was a time, somewhat recently, I'll say in the last three years, when there was a part of me that was like, yeah, kids, totally. Kids are all right. <laughs> They're all right. I could have one. Um, and, like, now I'm just like... Absolutely not, and and like, the, the, and I, d- I don't know whether that is a long term thing or you know like a next five years sort of thing. But the way I see it at the moment is is no, and it's just like I don't know. Like, I enjoy babysitting. I enjoy doing like those family dinners when you've got small kids around. But that is because after X amount of hours, you hand them back, and they're not your problem. Absolutely. And that's what I like. <laughs> I like a non-committal. Good time, not a long time. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty intense, um, or they can be. Yeah, yeah. But you, you're big on the kids thing. Oh, like not not have... not right now, but on the to do thing. Would be lying if I said I didn't have a preferred age, and that there is in my head. Um, sorry, my partner, if you're listening to this and you didn't realise, um, there is a, a semi-plan <laughs> in that. I am it, well. He knows the age; it's 29. Whether it's he's 29 or my 29, uh, he's older than I am. So, yeah. if it's his 29, then it can be sooner than expected. Um, <laughs> and um, I, of course, I have a few names. Mm, is Josh one of them? Uh, no. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, yeah, look, <laughs> maybe a middle name if you like. Okay, I'll take a middle name. I'll take a middle yes. name. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, okay, I was watching um, Julia Zamiro's um, Home Delivery yep. the other day, and they had Annabelle Crabb on. Mm. Um, if you don't know who Annabelle Crabb is, she is a um, political commentator. Yep. It's probably one of the biggest in Australia. And they went to her family home, which her um, she grew up in and her parents still live in, and it was sort of out in the in the country of South Australia, and and um, her mother is really really big on preserves and and cooking, and her dad is really sort of kooky and likes to fix like hovercrafts and and build little shacks so he can have like viewing points and. Um, and one of her family's prized possessions was this um, knitted rug that um, the wool was shorn by her dad and hand-spun by her mum and then took, like, hours and hours and hours mm. of work. And she's like, well, if there, if there was ever a fire, that's the one thing that I would save. And I know that that's kind of what I would want when I have children is, mm. is that sort of, I guess, that sort of wholesome, whimsical... Oh my god, I sound like such a dickhead. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's sort of just something quite wholesome, whimsical. Um, you know, in, into into sort of the smaller things in mm. life that people find really, really precious. Yeah, I, it's it comes into my mind on on the daily. I would say. Do you know how to knit? I do, and I had a crochet as well. Oh. So you could you could have this done. You could have this ready to go. You could just go like, I made this. It's, it's here. It is a ten spun. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I've even. Um, I say I, I would 
prefer to be a grandmother over over a mother, probably. But um, but you know, <laughs> there are some steps to <laughs> you get can't there. Have one the other, <laughs> what do you guys reckon about um, about kids? Are you wanting to have them? Do you not mm. want to have them? Uh, let us know. Yeah, the naughty retro.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Beauty. Place to go. Beauty. All right. Well, look, we're going to go to a track. And then right after this, we're going to talk to my lovely friend, Emily, and hopefully her partner, Alex. They've just had a baby uh, in the last six months. And mm. we're going to have a little chat with her about the bubba. This next song, um, I searched songs about babies before I came on here. And this is by far the best one. I'm so excited. It is um, <laughs> Having a Baby by R. Kelly, 2007. Um, Gotta love some vintage yeah, R. Kelly. I really hope that Emily, um, this was <laughs> this story that you'll hear in the song, is that's what she did when she called Alex and was like, oh, I'm pregnant. Um, <laughs> you're listening to The Naughty Root Show. I'm Molly and uh, this is Sin 9.7. That was a really weird song. I enjoyed it. Yeah, but did you hear the end where it was like, push, push, it's a baby boy. It's just words of encouragement, <laughs> mate. You're very judgmental about 2007 R. Kelly. Oh, R. Kelly, mate. <laughs> you Bring picked the back. song too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had so much fun. Um, anyway, going to move on. Uh, right now, um, we have my darling friend, um, friends Emily and Alex, who, as I said before, have just uh, in the last six months had a baby girl, not a baby boy, and um, her name is Matilda. Hi, guys. Hello. Oh, my gosh. They're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having us. Oh, thank you for um, for being on the show. It'd be really great. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I have a couple of questions, obviously. For you guys, what has this start of parenthood been like? Um, what 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 have your expectations been, and how have they differed? You know. Hmm. I Golly. feel like I can speak for both of us when I say we didn't really. I mean, we tried not to have expectations as much as possible because you know everyone gives you different ideas of of what it's going to be like. So we kind of just tried to be ready for anything. Yeah, I was going to cut you off and say don't speak for me, but yeah, that you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we definitely. Um, yeah, we tried to be as. Uh, yeah, chill about it as possible, which is hard. But um, yeah, I guess it's hard. It is. It, it is. It is hard. <laughs> there, like having said that, there have definitely been plenty of surprises and you know things we really definitely weren't ready for, and you know things that we were totally ready for. So it's kind of like it's really a whole lot of everything. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like I don't. I don't know how to explain it, but like we're doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I didn't know if I could. I wanted to. And I think probably that's the biggest surprise ever, that, like, it's a really hard job, but, like, I do it. You know? It's, like, cool. And, like, the baby mm. is the cutest thing, like, we've ever seen. Like, it's just ridiculous. You're like, oh, what am I doing? And then you look at her face and you're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I can vouch yeah. for this. She is incredibly cute. <laughs> I, I have called her many times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My dad my dad um came over and met um Emily and Alex one day and actually like held Matilda and like she slept on him for about half an hour and as soon as I went to pick her up she just like wailed. So um Yeah. <laughs> 
So I saw this, uh, there's this wonderful clip uh, from Tim Minchin, uh, which came out a number of years ago, and he was talking about um, when he had his first kid, and he was saying it was something basically like uh, a, a roller coaster in pitch black in that you never know what's going to happen and you spend basically 110% of your time freaking out, worrying, particularly in that first six months. Is that what it's been like for you guys? Look, Alex is very chill. We balance each other out very well. Um, I once, I think I read a thing or maybe I saw a thing Something about being a mom is I don't have a very good memory because I think I'm using a lot of my energy to make sure this kid is okay. But um, as far as the roller coaster goes, there, someone said <laughs> it was something like, I just had a baby and it's hard to not get a bit weird when all you're thinking about is how this tiny little thing is going to die and I love it so much. <laughs> so it's hard not to go a bit wacky. Like... <laughs> Because, you know, you just feel like if it goes away, you'll never be okay again. <laughs> but, oh that said, oh <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but that said, that said, like, yeah, it's definitely, it's, I don't know, like, I was feeling really crappy the other day and I was really stressed out. And then, like, I don't know, Matilda did a really funny thing and, like, grabbed something and pulled a funny face and I was like it doesn't matter <laughs> so she, you know they kind of pull you out of your head a little bit I guess oh, whilst also meaning that you're in it it sounds kind of um like a like a big conflict <laughs> yeah it's a lot of conflict and I do I, I struggle with that being like happy and sad at the same time you know it's like what is this <laughs> oh, but it's like it's good it's good what's the worst thing about it <laughs> That's right. Matilda won't understand right now, so you can say whatever you want. You have a bit of a mull. Um, I think the answer from each of us is probably going to be different for that um, question because... Okay, well, one at a time I mean, then. That's fine. I, I, have, I have a bit of difficulty because, uh, like, I, I took a fair bit of time off work and, um, like, you know, got to really spend a lot of time, which, you know, a lot of new dads don't. But, um, yeah, you know, we had the luxury, so took the time. And then, um, so being a part from her for a long time and mm. you know trying to still maintain like you know because you, you just really want to be really close with them and stuff so it's like you know trying to maintain that relationship whilst you know seeing to all the rest of parts of your life and you know your responsibilities and stuff that's probably been yeah, the hardest point. thing for me yeah you know making money yeah. and whatever mm. um but like i can at the same time definitely feel a lot of like Emily's struggle, which is like a completely different thing and a really like heavy thing, and I, I don't want to explain it too much, but you can take it from there if you want to. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, uh, being a mother and without getting like too political, I, I mean, that, that kind of feeds into being a woman in this day and age. Like, it's a very complex thing that you feel that can be quite judged. You know, sometimes I, I really, um, I really envy my mother for being a parent before the internet really took off. Um, there's just so much, so much information and so many opinions and so, so, so many opportunities to compare. And also, I guess I'm currently her food source, and 
you know, that's huge. I, I love it and I hate it. Um, but, yeah, it, it is a very, it's a, I've, I've never been that needed in my whole life. Something that I would probably say is like a, a difficulty that, I don't know, I mean, it sounds really simple and really obvious, but uh, like just the persistence of care that's required and like the consistency, like oh, you, you know, as, as a mum, like from like a secondhand thing, obviously, but I can like just feel and like see how often and how regularly and how completely non-stop you have to be there available. Like that's, I mean, people do talk about it and say it's hard and, you know, it's a big job and stuff, but. It's actually just all the time. Like, for example, right now, like, we're on the phone, as if you're on the phone to a friend, we're sitting in our bed, but, like, at any point, if she starts crying, it's like, you have to go. Yeah, you have to go. Also, um, just want to add, with being the whole man-woman thing, Mm. um, when a man has a baby, they're kind of automatically seen as being, like, more responsible already, just just purely from having a kid. You don't even know, like, what kind of parent they are. And a woman, there's just so many more parameters on, like, whether they're a good mum. It's just, like, straight away. I mean, I mean, that's not always. But, you know, if you were working with someone, you're like, oh, I have a kid. You're like, oh, cool. You know, you must be a stand-up guy or something. I don't know. But, yeah, like, totally. with a woman, it's like you want to see how they're parenting before that you know whether they're a good parent. And that just that kind of feels a bit shitty, you know. It feels a bit hard to be like, am I, am, am, am I doing it good? <laughs> yeah. I, I think a really clear example of that is in um, in employment. Like, in the workplace, yeah. yeah if, if your boss finds out that you've got a kid and you're a dude, that actually makes you like a more reliable worker. Whereas if you have a kid and you're a woman, it's like, oh, okay, so you're going to be like gone pretty soon. Or, yeah, you're seen you as know, less reliable. You're going to start yeah. taking more time off or whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. so bizarre, isn't it? Um, I uh, think... I think oh, one thing, just going back on what you said, you're like, oh, well, the consistent amount of care that's needed for her. Um, <laughs> I don't know why this came up in my head, but I was just thinking about um, how much I really hate doing the dishes, and I've started to be much better because, well, now I live with my partner, and and like he's like, no, you can't just not do them; you have to do them. So I, so I do them, and I, and I was just thinking of like, Good wow, for you. <laughs> thanks, guys. Um, and I was just thinking of you know if if you know, you guys decided to just, like, oh, I can't be bothered, like, not going to feed the baby. Like, doesn't really work like that. Um, no. <laughs> I know that's really morbid, but... really nailed it, Molly. <laughs> have, you have days when you just want to binge watch a show and eat shit and <laughs> not look after a child. And that's a huge thing to come up against, but... To be honest, I feel like I'm a better person because of it. I'm not saying go have a kid to make you better a person, but like... That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have liked it because it's kind of taken me out of my own head of being like, oh, me, me, life, whoa, a little bit self-pity. And then it's like, cool, I'm just going to go look after this person now. And I don't know, sometimes that's nice for my life not to be always about myself. Mm. Mm. I have a feeling that when people are thinking about um, you know, the prospect of being a parent and stuff, uh, like, they think about, oh, you know, the kind of person I am and how, like, this is from what it, what I felt anyway. It was like, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, good at this, good at that or whatever. And you think about yourself in in the best context, like, you know, when you're <laughs> up and you're at work or whatever and you're doing your thing, you're like, I'm good at this and that. But you, what you have to think about is what you're like on your worst day and at your worst time. Like, you know, the day after you've been out and had a few drinks or whatever, like, what, what are you like then? Because... That baby is just as demanding <laughs> yeah. at both of those times, if not more so when you're, like, less 
you know, less, I still hate the doing the dishes, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that never me. goes away. It's not just me. Nan, I hate doing no, the dishes. I fucking, I'm, I, sorry, I hate it. I, I really hate it. We've kind of got a system here. I do more laundry, and we're currently doing cloth nappies, so Alex does a lot more kitchen work, and I, I, I clean up baby food. Yeah. I don't know why that's easier. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, I feel exactly the same. <laughs> I get a weird satisfaction. I'm like, these would be in the bin otherwise. <laughs> the dishes, I don't know. I, the dishes, I just, I just mm. they never end. Yeah, you get into a routine, though. Like, you know, everyone's capable. Like, the, 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 the weight, like, the, just the, the weight of a child being there needing you to do everything is, like, I think it's enough for pretty much anyone to, you know, get, it, get them off their ass and <laughs> into do the it. kitchen or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it feels nice. It feels nice when things are clean. Mm. Now, uh, Matilda's six months old, yes? Just seven. Just seven, just seven months yeah. old. Um, what are some of the uh, personality quirks you've already started to notice? Oh, oh. man, so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, can, you can go. Okay. I like, well, like what we've noticed so far is like there's this full-on determination, like... She's just keen as mustard to just get into whatever. Go. Like, just to figure things out and, like, just, I don't know, just going for it. Like, she reminds me of, like, some kind of, you know, those, like, power humans that are, like, I don't what? know. Who are they? Well, like, you know, they... they the, like, strong, the strong men who, who pull things with their teeth. Like, What's that? I said the strong men competitions who pull things with their teeth. Like, is that... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of that. A bit of that. It was a joke. It's fine. You know, the, um, like, the, I don't know. What's she's the crawling. Yeah. Crawling, she has teeth. She's, she's crawling doing things are, like, not crazy early, but earlier than we were told they would happen. Um, and, and it's not abnormally early, but, you know, a lot of babies, you know, aren't crawling at six months. My mum likes to say that if they start walking before they're um, 12 months old, then they're quite intelligent. And she says that because yeah. she started walking at 10 months, so, you know. <laughs> she's actually pretty full of herself there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't really, I don't really, like, I mean, I, I do feel that way in my brain, that, like, oh, you know, she's fine, like, you know, I get all chatty. She likes like, people. Yeah, yeah but, like. She's very happy. Like, we just say that because, I don't know, we don't feel like she's unhappy. I don't really know the difference between an unhappy baby and a happy baby, but, because uh, she cries, like, that happens. But she's pretty comfortable in company. Like, she just likes to smile and laugh and play with people. It's really cute when they start smiling and recognising people. But yeah, she's in a hurry. She came out fast. She's just, she's just going. She's crawling. She wants... She, her favourite food at the moment is leaves and plastic. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants to eat all of the leaves and chew on all of the plastic things. Delicacy. Delicacies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I love hearing you guys talk about Matilda because um, you can... Feel through the the microphones how much um, how just fascinated you are um, by her, and oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's really beautiful to hear. And and personally, I'm so excited to watch this baby girl turn into a child and then adolescent. I I feel really blessed to be a small part of this, um, guys. We feel blessed to have you around. Oh, yeah, we do. Love you, Molly. Love you too. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for coming on the show. We're going to play um, a song now. This song that I 
<laughs> have chosen was sort of like um, I just really like the song, basically. But um, my my thoughts in it was, hey, if you were just riding home and you were thinking about having a baby and needed some, uh, you know, info about contraception, um, the song is "Last Night a DJ Saved My Life," and I, I hope I would maybe save a life in that way. So um, <laughs> this is the Naughty Rude Show. We just talked to Emily and Alex. Uh, this is nine point seven. That was uh, last night a GJ Saved by Life by In Deep. And might I say, that was a pretty great track. Lovely banger. Lovely banger. Good uh, disco banger, <laughs> some might say. You are listening to The Naughty Root Show on Sin 90.7 with Molly and Josh. Uh, we're going to be answering some questions from the inbox. Uh, it's the com forward slash ask. And to help us sort out the fact from the myth, the, uh, the whys from the... Not wise, I don't know. Unwise? Is that the opposite? I don't know. Dumb. The dumb. Yeah, we have our lovely EP, Erin, joining us on the microphone. Erin, how are you going? Oh, not bad. <laughs> Did you like that? Oh, you'd like that. How are my levels? No, they're good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, no, I'm uh, good. I'm good. Thank you, Josh. You guys are doing great. Great show tonight. Thank you. Um, as usual. Oh, look, we know. Um, <laughs> so we're just going to jump straight into the, some of these questions. Uh First one here is, uh, so, like, if someone puts his penis in me just once and takes it back out, you know, just, like, just to see how it feels and shit, does that count as losing my virginity or not? You totally didn't do that. Any justice there. Oh, not okay. one ounce. Okay. Losing your virginity or not? I didn't realise I was bringing you on to judge me. I thought this was a judgment-free space. You can just turn it off if you like. <laughs> um, but on, on to the question. Look... I'm going to say, I, I guess, another cliche thing. I think this is a show filled with cliches tonight. But, like, virginity is, like, a social construct. Like, it's not really a thing. Like, I don't think it counts unless you feel as though it counts. Totally. Can you elaborate on uh, virginity being a social construct, please, Josh? I can try. Yep. Probably won't do it justice, but I can certainly try. That's okay. Um, but, like, there's a, a lot of weight put on this idea that um, it's, it's, it's a religious, it comes from a religious um, founding, I guess, in that um, you know, there's more weight on people being virgins, particularly until they're married type of thing. And then, um, you know, people view other people as like being less just because they're not a virgin and all of that. And like it is very much, you know, just socially based as opposed to it being a real thing because, you know, from a physio physiological standpoint, you actually don't change <laughs> just because you're not a virgin. Mm. It's got to do with, like, concepts of p purity yeah. um, in that sense, as you alluded to, with religion and um, the hymen as well, I guess. Um, things that we know are false today where there were concepts in the past of having the hymen broken as related to virginity. Um, we know now that that isn't always the case. You can break your hymen otherwise. Um, horse riding is quite a common Yes, way. horse riding mm. was the example, but not tampons generally. Mm. That's that's a myth mm. as well. Lots of myths. <laughs> uh, I guess my answer to this question is, <laughs> I feel like I have the same sort of answer for all the questions. It's like, well, it depends what it means to you. Mm. Um, <laughs> ask yourself this question. But I'm going to say that. Uh, basically, whatever virginity means to you, if you feel like you, you know, learned something from the experience of having a dick inside you for a little bit and shit, um, then, yeah, yeah, you can... 
that that can be called as losing your virginity. If it was mm. me and uh, I went through that situation, I'd say, nah. Yeah. Erin, anything to um, to throw throw into the ring? The ring of knowledge? Well, you know, I, I would agree with you, Molly. Um, again, though, I do think it's, it's, a, it's a personal decision. Whether you believe that you, quote-unquote... I, I, I genuinely just hate the term virginity in the, in mm. the first place anyway. Um, mm. In saying I lost my virginity as if it's this social stigma that you need to get rid of or that you need to keep, vice versa. Um, just... When it feels right, when the person you are with is right, you can easily... Maybe the first time wasn't great and you'd rather let go of that and try again. Mm. You can... There's no reason that you need to say, oh, I've lost my virginity now. Um, It's totally a personal decision at the end of the day. Do you know what I said right after I actually had sex for the first time? What did you say? I ran next door to my friend's house uh, because my boyfriend lived next door to a really good friend of mine and they were having a party. (laughs) And I told his best friends and I went... I've done the deed. <laughs> like that's, that's, I feel so ashamed of that, but I also feel like it gives me some kind of street cred right now. I don't know. <laughs> Not totally. And that, that's actually what happens. Totally. So that's what I said. You, you, can, you can have that one. There you go. <laughs> that's great. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Okay. So next question. Uh, how do you bring up having kids with a partner? I want them quite young, but I don't know how to tell my partner this. Now, I'm going to throw this straight over to Molly here because you have you have had the discussion with your your partner about kids often. Yeah, how did how did you bring that that up? I just said it. <laughs> no, just, seriously, straight up. I just uh, it's something that's a pretty big part of me, and I th- those who know me know mm. that I the the feeling that I described previous like a little bit ago in the show. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's something that all my close friends are aware of something about me. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, my partners, my my the people that I'm with are going to have to know as well. So, yeah. it's something I don't try from. I will also say, on a side note, that um, if I was with someone who was like, I'm definitely not having kids, mm. at this point, it sounds very strange, but it would be a make or break. Yeah. It would definitely be a make or break. Yeah, totally. Um, for me. So... If you if you trust your partner, if you have a solid relationship, um, then you just sort of need to say it. Yeah. Um, and not in like a I want this. If you don't want this, then you know get to buggery. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But um, but if you say it like, hey, this is what I've been thinking. I just want to know your opinion. Can mm. we have a discussion about this? Yeah. Yeah. So something I did with my last partner is. Uh, we stopped using condoms. Like she was still on the pill, but we stopped using condoms. So I started having unprotected sex. Uh, and when we decided that that was what we were going to do, we actually sat down and had a conversation about, you know, do we want kids? What do we do if we have a kid, particularly in like the next 12 months when we both plan. definitely don't want kids? Um, and... I thank my lucky stars every day for that because we didn't end up having a, a pregnancy scare, which didn't actually turn out to be anything. But you know, it was it was enough for it, <laughs> enough to cause a little bit of a bit of a scare. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it was really funny because I my opinion on, on children changed incredibly in five minutes between me not thinking that I was going potentially going to have a child to suddenly thinking I'm potentially going to have a child, um, and. 
because we had that chat, I was, very, I was able to go back, go back to a time when I was being logical about it and not being emotional about it. Because when I was logical about it, like, there is no way I can do this. And then as soon as, like, you know, it's like, oh, like, you know, we could be having a kid. I'm like, I could be a dad, totally. <laughs> and then mm. I, and I look back and I'm like, there's no way that guy could have been a dad. Like, mm. he was not ready. I'm not ready now. But you know what I mean? And so you will there's times in in your relationship where you'll find the right time to sit down and have a chat and it can be super casual like you could you could be chilling in bed tonight if you're you know together tonight and you you're sitting down you know watching Netflix or whatever and you can just go like so like kids yeah like it doesn't have mm. to be a big heavy discussion because the thing is is like at the end of the day you know you you trust your partner and you're going to learn something you you know it's about spending your time with them and you know Mm. And it, who knows? It could be, you know, this this is a possibility. It could be a make or break for you because if you're like, I want to mm. have kids quite young, and they're like, I don't want to have kids at all. Yeah, that's that's a that's a conflict. What about you, Aaron? What do you reckon? No, I think you guys you guys have nailed it. Honestly, like it's it's about negotiating the terms of the relationship. At the end of the day, I mean, yeah. uh, are you together because you want the long term plan of kids, or are you just trying it out? Like, yeah, I guess everything you guys said. Rolled into one answer. You nailed it. <laughs> well done. Cool. Go team. Uh, we're just going to keep moving because we do have quite a few questions. Yes. In, so we're just going to try to get to as many of these as we can. We've only got 20 more minutes. Um, do you believe that asexual people should come out if they want to? Is there anything to come out about? It's a tricky one. Mm. I don't think anyone should have to come out if yeah. they don't yeah. say that it's of importance. Some people feel like they need to come out because the general assumption is that everyone is hetero. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about sexuality, which obviously this counts, um, but but basically what what I mean is no, no you don't. If you you know, mm. if you if you if you want to tell people, sure. If you feel like it's not really an important thing and people aren't going to change their opinion of you, then no. It's probably more complicated than that. But that's my initial thoughts. Mm. See, the way I see it is, is from what I hear, is I've never had to do this, but from what I hear, coming out is a very deeply personal experience and a very personal journey. And as I said, as somebody who's never had to do this, I don't think I can really say. I don't mm. really... I don't think I'm you know, necessarily given the, the right to have an opinion because it's, it is a deeply personal experience and some people will feel like that they need to come out, like they need people to know that this is part of who they are other people are going to go like it's not important it's only important with me and, and maybe a romantic partner or some close friends and that is a journey that is very individual and and i don't think there is a uh short answer fits all type no, thing as, all. as there can be in, in some of these questions um so yeah my whole thing is is like if it's right for them and they want to do it and they've been through the journey and that's where they've ended up all power to them if they get to the end of it like no this is it's not something i want to be advertising then mm. again all power to them yeah, yeah definitely i think it's just a matter of um how the person finds comfort within themselves and their own identity if that means saying i am an asexual person then yeah as you said josh like go for it but again like i personally don't see the need for labels in any situation um, unless, of course, it's something that the person desires to help find their identity and be comfortable with themselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
Sweet. Tune or another question? We'll go one more question, then a tune, and then we'll uh, come back for some more questions. Awesome. Um, so this last one, I think is going to be a pretty short one, is uh, what is the ideal penis size for a vagina? As in, what is the ideal fit for it? The fit that's not too big and not too small. Uh, it feels like Goldilocks and the free, Three Bears, what's just right. Um, oh, dear. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that the... And, and don't quote me on this. As, as we've said, uh, particularly at the top of the show, we're not experts. We're just opinionated young people. Um, <laughs> I think is the best way to describe us. Um, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that the average vaginal depth is four inches. Is I'm, I'm pretty sure what I is what I read. So if you're looking from a scientific standpoint, four inches, maybe four and a half. I don't know. Well, I guess just like penis sizes mm. vaginas can come in all different shapes yes, and they sizes can. so <laughs> to each their own i don't know <laughs> like if, yeah. you, if you've got a <laughs> deep or large vagina then you might feel that the sensations you want if you're wanting heterosex which is penetrative is a larger penis and if you have a smaller vagina then it might be more painful with someone who has quite a large penis so yep yeah i don't know is it a are we speaking in terms of like logistics are we speaking in terms of preference um it varies yeah when it comes to preference it's just whatever feels good for you i think the rule of thumb is is like as long as Neither party is in pain, yeah. and it's all <laughs> all a good time. It's an ideal fit. <laughs> What's the average penis size? Do you know? The average penis size from from memory is five point six three inches. Cool. I think I yeah. <laughs> probably prefer something slightly, only slightly above average in that sense. Yeah. But that that's my preference. I did actually read something um, on Cosmo, of all places, um, just the other day. <laughs> oh, no. And it was going on about how um, – I can't give you the stats, I don't remember, but it was women on average prefer a penis size just below average. Mm. And I thought, oh, mm. I don't know. I feel like there's just a lot of stigma around this, which is already preconceived in my mind coming to this article <laughs> – and being thrown back at me, and I'm just a little confused. It's so weird, isn't it? What do women prefer? Whereas, it, but there's how how many billions of women? What do women prefer? Yeah. Mm. Well, what do, what, do what does half the population of the world prefer <laughs> in the form of a penis? Yeah, and we all like the same thing. Clearly, mm. it's, uh, yeah, just, it's that, so bizarre. I think I should have just turned away when I read the heading. Um, <laughs> all women prefer this size penis. Yeah. I do have to make an edit. I was wrong on the average uh, penis size. It's Good actually 5.1 ah. uh, inches, which is actually 13 centimetres. Well, there you go. Um, and I was absolutely bang on on average vaginal depth. Well, so, Rasputin you know. almost doubled that. So there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go to a song. Yeah. Um, this one. <laughs> all right. This is King, the greatest. And if we're talking about the greatest and we're just talking about penis sizes, you probably put, you know, two and two together so they can fit. <laughs> uh, I'm Molly. This is the Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7. You listen to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7 with Molly and Josh with special guest Aaron, EP Aaron, answering all of your questions on the naughtyroodshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Uh, but just then we had a little tune. What was that tune? The Greatest by King. Absolute banger. Such Lovely. a banger. 
we do. We are only here for another 10 minutes, so if you are going to ask us any questions, please do get them sent in very quickly um, so we can try and get to them. If we can't, we will be back next week and we will be answering those leftover ones. Mm. And Maren will be here. And Maren will be back, so there's lots to look forward to next week. But you guys ready for a question? Hell yeah. Uh, what's more important, you finishing or your partner finishing? Both. Come on, guys. Both. Good yeah. answer. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Um, there was a show on uh, the BBC. I believe it was the BBC. I don't think it was ITV. I'm pretty sure it was the BBC. A number of years ago um, called Sex Box. And so what these people did is they went into a box and had sex and then came out and spoke about it. Um, and I remember this one episode, this couple went in and came out and um, and then... Uh, one of the one of the the people was just like, oh, like I just focused on getting them off because I knew that I just couldn't do it under this pressure. And so, I think to answer your question, I guess it's like however you feel. You know what I mean? It's like if you don't feel like coming or getting off, just focus on getting the other person off. And it's like, yeah, the the in, I guess like the automatic response would be <laughs> go selfish because you know like you, you, it feels good for you. So you're just like in the moment. I'm sort of saying like you know the immediate response is go selfish because you're feeling good and you're like oh like yeah like this is great. Um, but you know both aim for both, but don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's a situational thing. I think is the, the short answer. When I I I can't remember where I heard this, but. I think this was from a man and he was talking about um, if you are the one who is being um, penetrated, then you're taking a lot more of the, well, I guess physical and in, in a lot of ways emotional labour because you're the, the vulnerable one yeah. in, in a sense. I mean, you're both vulnerable um, if you're having penetrative sex. But, yeah, mm. um, from my from my point of view... Um, I've I've slept with many guys who I'm essentially a tool to masturbate with, mm. um, and all I'm saying is don't use bodies to masturbate with. Do that yourself. Yeah. If you're if you need someone to fuck, uh, you're fucking each other. There's two people. That's fifty fifty. Yeah. Think about it, people. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. Two way street. Agree with you one hundred percent. See, I make a point whenever I, you know, have sex with someone is I always try and get them off first. Uh, I consider it a bit of a competition. Um, <laughs> as in, like, it's a race and I want to lose that race every time. Um, and then, like, the other thing is it's just, like, I try and get my partners off, particularly during foreplay, because, you know, there's a lot, like... As somebody who does a lot of sort of one night stands and stuff, there's a lot of things that can go into it and ruin a night. Like mm-hmm. it could be, uh, you know, environmental factors, like what you've eaten and drunk that night. Like, you know, you could be feeling really good and then may have like caught a bug in that time and suddenly feeling like absolute crap. And like for whatever reason, you might, you might want to stop. And I, there's nothing worse than having a very disappointing night. So the way I see it is if I can get my partner off before it goes any further... You're going to be a little bit bummed, but you've also had an orgasm, so you can't really be be super disappointed. You know what I'm saying? You win some, you lose some. You win some, you lose some. Um, but then I've got I've got a friend, um, and he and his partner have been dating for a while, and she really enjoyed um, p- 
performing oral sex. And so for in, in terms of him finishing and her finishing, there were times when she did not want to do anything but just get him off. So in that instance, it made sense to focus on him himself finishing mm. as opposed to getting her off when she just did not want to get up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I think... I'll situational. Just, yeah, definitely situational. But I think I'll add to that as well that just there shouldn't really be any pressure for anyone to get off, I don't think. Yeah. I think it should just be about the experience together and I guess just enjoying each other's company. Um, yeah, like as you said, like situation might be someone's not feeling it or like it's just not going to happen so there, there shouldn't be this stress of oh like someone has to come you know mm. it yeah you should just be in, enjoy your time together and have some good sex mm. yeah often often with my partner like you know we're there we're trying and sometimes we're seriously really really tired yeah, yeah. and i'm just like I, I i don't think i can do this tonight but mm. i really want to make you feel good because i think that that's what you want and need right now and i totally want to do that and i think that mm. it's also okay to say I don't want to do this or I don't want to do this certain thing. Yeah, no, totally. That as well. uh, sorry, I, I just want to interject with something different. Mm. Um, but Emily has just messaged me um, and said, just quietly, sex after childbirth, in brackets for a woman, um, topic is widely overseen publicly and socially. And she goes, it might be an interesting thing to talk about. Mm. And then she thanks us for um, having them, which oh. is very sweet. Um, so I think that that is something that people could uh, look up or... I think that would be really interesting to talk about as well. I think I we might interject and bring her voice back into it. I think we might throw that in, in next week's episode. Sounds good to me. Because I feel like it's, it's something that we can't give six minutes to and should probably <laughs> unpack in a little bit more depth. Oh, plus I've got more questions <laughs> so far yeah, away. we do. So uh, this one uh, reads, should I feel ashamed for experimenting with my body? Uh, short answer, fuck no. Well, my short answer is... It depends. <laughs> it depends, really. Yes. Um, mostly because um, if you feel ashamed, where is that shame mm. coming from? Yeah. Think about the source of the shame, whether it's um, a social stigma, whether it's personal shame, um, you know, it Ask that question first. Yeah. Um, but, mate, it's your body. Mm. You live it. You love it. Do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Do do your thing. Um, yeah, like, I don't think... Unless there's something that doesn't feel right, that you you might be forcing yourself to do, mm. um, in that case, maybe think, why am I doing this? Is If I'm not comfortable with it, something I'm not enjoying, is it something you feel like you need to do? You shouldn't feel like you need to do anything no. with a partner in your own company that you don't want to do. Um, but if you want to do it, you know, don't feel that shame. Be yeah. be proud of your body. Enjoy it. It's there. Yeah, you need to listen to what your body's telling you. Yeah, it's And, true. you know, there's going to be some things that are going to be great. There's going to be some things that are a mistake, and we all find that out in various different ways. Um, and I think to I sort of unpack my short answer, I think, you know, um, you should definitely... Exploring your body is an important thing, and if it's not good, then you learn that maybe sex isn't something that you're interested in or it's something that you're really interested in and there's maybe an aspect that you're really interested in. Um, and I think you only learn that by getting to know 
yourself. And I guess it's mm. that old adage of that's like you've got to love yourself before you can love anyone else. Yeah. And I think if you know yourself, then you can have more enjoyable sexual experiences because if you know that something in particular really like you really enjoy that, you can go to your partner, hey, this, and they can go like, gotcha, mate. <laughs> gotcha. Got you back. Got you back. I can do that. Noted. Duly um, noted. But you know what I mean. Anyway, I think I think that's a, a good way to, to, to wrap that up. Um, and we've got two questions that are very similar here, a difference of about four years, um, but, mm. but very similar. Um, so the first question reads, I'm 20 and expecting a child and I'm completely lost. How do I even start dealing with this situation? Uh, and then the other one reads, I'm 16 and I think I might be pregnant. What should I do? See, I feel even though there is four years between 16 and 20, I do feel like there is quite a difference. Yeah. Um, I guess, of course, that depends on the individual. Maturity comes into play. Yeah. Um, emotional readiness. Yeah, like even at the end of the day, maybe if someone who's 20 doesn't feel ready for a baby, but someone who's 16 might. Again, it's yeah. just individual circumstances. Um, first thing to do, I guess, would be talk to someone. Yeah. First and foremost... Speak to someone you trust, any concerns, any any joys that you might have, obviously. Address them with someone. Don't keep anything to yourself mm. in this time. After that, I would say maybe medical advice? Yeah. Well, for the 16-year-old, um, you're saying you think you might be pregnant. Uh, it might be a good idea to go and get a pregnancy test mm. and, you know, that way you can sort of have a, a little bit more of a, of a knowledge of, you know, what the future is going to hold uh, and then that way you can sort of begin to prepare around it or look at other options. Um, as for feeling completely lost, I, I've never been in, in a situation like that. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think, I think you know, seeking some, some help is, is definitely the way to do it, you know. There's oftentimes built up this thing which is like, oh, like, you'll be ready when the kid comes and I don't think that's true for everyone and I think it's an important thing to, to have a chat about and you know have a chat to um, your you know your, the, your partner the person you've you've created this this child with um, whether it's a partner or whether it's just yeah whoever whomever that person is yeah um, and and maybe you can sort of begin to to wrap your head around what's gonna happen yeah. mm. it's a tough one I think yeah first of all, after well, not first of all. After all of that advice that um, Josh and Erin just said, <laughs> think about your options and plan of actions for each of those options. Mm. So, um, keeping it, or potentially, if this is something that you would consider having an abortion, mm. um, and what would the outcomes of each of those be, mm. and you know. Good old pros and cons list doesn't go astray. Yeah, good old um, yellow legal pad and a <laughs> pros and cons list. Exactly. Um, yeah, and thinking mm. about, uh, uh, yeah, oh, on top of that, get educated as well. If you are completely lost, quote, then, um, yeah, educate yourself. Look up resources, call people, talk to people. Um, Dr. Google, as I said before, <laughs> um, I speak to your GP. Yeah. All very important mm -hmm. things. Uh, and we do just have 
one last question. Oh, my um, God. And I'm pretty sure this is a, a joke question, but I'm going to read it out because it's stroking my ego, and that's important. Um, why is Josh Taylor the sexiest Aww. beast alive, and is he available for dates from LC? I think I already know who this is, and I have messaged them, and they gave me a very vague, maybe yes, probably yes, yes answer. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, but short answer, yes. Follow me on Twitter, the Mr. Josh Taylor, and we'll... Uh, We'll organise something. Oh, my God. You're ridiculous. That is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous. You're listening to The Naughty Root Show on Sin 9.7. Erin, thank you for joining us no uh, for some questions. Mm. Molly, thank you very much. Again, it's been an excellent night hanging mm. out with you. Thanks, Josh. You too. <laughs> We're going to be back next week from 8pm answering all your questions. The NaughtyRootShow.tumblr.com is the place to go. We've only got one more week, but Merrin will be back with us next week. The trio's back. The trio's back. The trio is back. We are uh, broken up for two weeks but now we're back. <laughs> uh, and we'll be answering all your questions and having a, a very in-depth chat about some, some topics. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do tune in. Uh, we have enjoyed your company thoroughly. Uh, have a great night and may all your sex be good. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> I'm glad you agree with me on, on that one. <laughs> you can listen to The Naughty Rude Show live from 8 to 10 on Sin 90.7 FM. So, so, so scandalous.